Hello and welcome to the University of York Placements podcast. My name's Charlie and I'm a placements coordinator at the university. And in this second episode, we're going to look at the process of searching for and applying for placements. Okay, so my name's Charlie and I'm joined by three of our fantastic um, placement students from across the university. And we're going to have a chat now about processes involved in applying for placements, but we'll just start for with some introductions. So um, Ella, would you kick us off? Hi, yeah, um, I'm Ella. Uh, I'm studying politics um, and I actually did my placement at the University of York. Uh, I was taken on as a sustainable travel plan assistant, uh, but I ended up doing a variety of things, including events management and project management for the sustainability side of the things. Excellent. Thanks, Ella. Jack. Hello. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jack. I study in environment, economic psychology. I uh, graduated last year in 2020 and my placement, I was a trainee sustainability advisor company called Volker Vessels on the Transparent Upgrade project. So I was working in rail infrastructure. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And last but not least, Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia. I study psychology and I've done my placement in a local primary school in York as a one-to-one TA with two boys with special educational needs. Excellent. Thanks, Olivia. Okay, so we're going to move on to talk a bit uh, about your, the processes involved and your experiences of applying for placements in a moment. But I'd just like be interested to kick off by finding out a little bit from each of you about why you decided to pursue a placement in the first place. So Ella, what was your motivation for doing this? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two sides to it. I think the job market scares me. Um, and I did sort of want to feel like I came out of university, not just with a degree, but also with some sort of quite practical experience of... Um, uh, of you know the workplace but also that I didn't really feel like I knew what I wanted to do um exactly what sort of industry I wanted to work in so I thought by gaining some experience I'd sort of have an idea of what that might be excellent thank you Jack what about you well yeah very much the same as Ella there I think uh workplace skills are extremely important and I think that's one thing that I noticed uh within my placement is how many apprentices I worked with that were much more capable in the work and job market because of their actual experience within industry. So I think what really drove me to actually pursue a placement was quite quite literally how applicable my university skills would be on the job market. Because yes, Ella, it's, it's a bit scary just leaving with your degree and no actual knowledge of where you can apply it. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Some really good motivations there. Olivia, what about you? Yeah, similar to the others, but um, I also thought just having that extra year of experience compared to other graduates would kind of just put me ahead of everyone else I'd be more employable at the end of it and getting the experience in a professional workplace environment that I hadn't had before felt like I'd just be more prepared after graduating. Excellent yeah some some kind of key themes coming from all of you there so thinking back what two possibly three years in your case Jack um, years ago when you came back for your second year university where did you start how did you go about putting this plan into action? Um, uh, I'd say I was, I, was, I was doing a lot of self-sourcing. I was, I was engaging with networks that I probably made within my local community at home, but also um, networks that I knew of on LinkedIn, for example, which I highly encourage any 
there's one seeking a placement to get on set up a profile and get searching um so yeah i was predominantly looking within my own network um and also looking for which industry that i believed my university degree would best practice in um it being an environmental related degree and there being such a big push within uh, well the region specifically the north and rail infrastructure uh, the two married up quite nicely um so yeah i think it's all about I think I did quite focus quite a bit on building my own brand as well. I liked approaching people saying, hi, my name's Jack, I'm studying this. I'm really passionate about sustainability. I'm really looking into engineering. This is the specific component within engineering that I'm quite interested with. Would you be able to help me with some work experience? So going with almost the majority of the answer for the person you're speaking to, rather than just going a bit clueless and saying, I'm not too sure what I need to do. So yeah, that, that was that was kind of what my, my main motive when I was kind of looking and networking was going with some uh, some knowledge as to my industry. Your placement came through self-sourcing. So we'll come back to that theme, I think, in a minute and we'll explore that a bit more. What what about you, Ella? How, where did you start? You came back in September, you decided you want to do this. Where was your where was your how did, how did you begin? Um, yeah, I, as I say, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't have any idea what sort of industry I um, wanted to work in. And I think politics is ultimately quite, uh, you know, there's, a, there's, there's, you build skills that can be used in a lot of areas, I think, through that degree. So I, I got onto the, the various websites, which I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this have probably seen, like, um, I'm forgetting them now because it's been a while since I applied. I rate, but my, rate my placement. And rate like. my placement was definitely yeah. amongst them. Um, <laughs> and I applied just for, I just sort of, anything that sounded vaguely interesting, that sounded like something I could do, I got them all into a spreadsheet, got um, the dates for anything was due and just applied for all sorts. Um, really just anything that I thought could potentially be interesting or potentially be something I could do, uh, which is a probably a different approach than what um, Jack took, but it you know it paid off in the end yeah okay so you're you were using more of those websites that the rate my placements the target jobs okay we'll talk a bit more about those processes as well shortly um olivia what about you how did you begin the academic year in your second year when you knew you wanted to do a placement so my interest in my placement was quite specific i knew i wanted to work with children um but i wasn't sure if i wanted to sort of be in the education or more clinical but um, I had a meeting with Lucy from placements and discussed options and it came clear quite quickly that not many placements are put out that are in that kind of field. Um, so I knew that I was going to have to do a lot of research myself and um, same as Jack self-sourcing. But there was a couple out there, but I was quite determined in the type of placement I wanted to do, which made it a bit trickier. <laughs> So again, a speculative approach. Well, yeah, that's the really interesting um, model and a way of getting your placement. So we'll look with you, Jack and Olivia, in a moment in terms of the the skills and attributes you need to be successful with that. But Ella, with the, with the kind of more open market approach, what kind of processes did you face along the way? What were you doing at what points and in what volume? And yeah, I would say, I mean, it went up and down, um, but I through that sort of first term. I would say that I was it was something that I was doing sort of each week like spending some time sort of like looking for jobs and uh, sort of deciding that I wanted to apply and then as sort of time went on it became more about applications um, and then also like sort of second stage type um, so you may submit an application and then they come back to you asking for like responses to questions or like video interviews things like that so um, I, I think it was um, 
I mean, I think I probably could have spent more time doing it. I ended up uh, sort of submitting a lot of applications at the last minute, but I think part of that was sort of keeping an eye on when things were due and making sure you had the time to sort of do a decent job before like actually having to, before actually getting to that deadline. Um, so I think keeping an eye on the deadlines for everything was uh, quite important at that point. And did the process get easier as you, as you did more applications? Uh, yeah, in a way, because um, you sort of got your patter, you got your sort of, uh, you, you got the sort of different, you, the different sentences that you liked for different types of jobs. So like when I was applying for things that were in like project management, I would have like quite similar cover letters and things like that, because, you know, obviously you've got to make them specific, but if it's a similar sort of role in a different company, there's not a lot you need to change. They're probably looking for similar qualities. Uh, so it, you ended up with sort of like a backlog of uh, cover letters and CVs for different types of jobs that you could just sort of lift things from. So it ended up that like some at some point, the application process became more like finding chunks uh, from other things that I'd written and sort of pulling them together, you know, checking it, making sure it all wrapped together. But it did become easier and become quicker, definitely. Mm -hmm. And was there any, were you practicing any tests before you did them or how did you approach those? Yeah, um, I don't, I didn't do a large number of tests. Um, I think probably because of the types of placements I was going for, they weren't very technical. Uh, and I think, you know, when I came, when I was applying for more technical ones, say like um, data and research type roles, uh, there were more sort of tests. Um, I think where they gave you the option to uh, do a practice one. I did a practice one, but mostly I just went for it. Um, I, I think my approach was volume rather than um, quality. I just thought, well, if I apply for enough, then I'll get one eventually. Okay, okay. Thanks, Alec. Uh, so, so Jack and Olivia, you took quite a different um, route to finding your placements. So during the autumn, what were you, what were you doing? How were you looking for opportunities that weren't obviously there? What, what what kind of processes were involved in that? So I, the first thing I did when I decided that I was going to try and get into education, I researched loads of schools across York primary schools. I made a big spreadsheet with all the email, the phone number, the name of the head teacher. Um, I wrote a cover letter, which I got help from. I got templates from placements and I had meetings about my cover letter to help improve it and the same with my CV. Um, and then I just sent emails to lots of schools, which took a lot of time um, with the cover letter and my CV and just waited, which felt like such a long wait. And there was a lot coming back saying they had nothing. There was quite a few that came back with just general TA roles to tell me to apply to, which I wasn't keen to do because I knew that there'd be lots of other applicants with lots of experience and with um, that had graduated. So it was quite a long waiting game, but I got there in the end. So you sounds like you're quite organised. Yeah, I am yeah. quite organised. It, it did take a lot of organisation, kind of finding all the information, putting it all together, keeping up with who had responded, who hadn't responded. Hmm. So it was quite a lot, but I kind of just started early, but did it in small chunks. Okay, so just breaking up into manageable amounts, it's not yeah. so overfacing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, excellent. That's a really good tip. Jack, what about you? You were talking about networking. So how did you use your network to try and find a placement? Uh, well, I think 
very similar to Lewis, it was all about, it's very much based on research. So um, if you, uh, if I have a connection with one person who would recommend perhaps a particular infrastructure project, I do as much research on that project as possible. From that, you can then find uh, delivery partners, so other engineering firms that you might uh, offer placements or just give a little more, more insight into the industry. Um, and I mean, from there, I did do quite a bit of LinkedIn stalking and I'm happy to admit it, I don't care, you know. <laughs> uh, I think it's very important to just, um, I know some people are very anxious about the fact that you go on LinkedIn, you click on someone's profile and it says that you viewed it and that's, you know, almost embarrassing. That's a really good thing because it literally shows that you're a proactive student looking for an opportunity and LinkedIn's even got the little notification that can tell you you're looking for work. So I think that's how I kind of really tried to develop my network um, before my placement came through was within sort of the engineering scope as it is so that anyone that did look on my profile or want to connect with me already could see that I was following uh, you know, infrastructure investments, um, new developments, ways of work that were recommended and uh, sort of just, yeah, bit, m making sure that I'm um, quite obviously as well-versed with the industry as possible. So again, it sounds like you were quite proactive from the off in terms of uh, different, different things you were doing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I did get really lucky with my placement, um, but I think I while I was in the process of um, sort of, seeing if I was to get that play, I almost didn't take it for granted. I still wanted to actually make sure I was as uh, you know, competent within the industry as possible. And you know, I was really just making the most of the opportunity that I was quite lucky to have. Mm. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll come back to some of those tips towards the end of this podcast, but let's talk a bit now about the, the highs and the lows and the feelings that you'll have had along the way um, and specifically around rejection. So, how did you cope? How did you manage that alongside, I guess, an increased workload in your second year? How did you, how did you manage that uh, along the way? Ella, do you want to kind of kick us off? Uh, yeah, I, I did find it quite difficult. I think it's, you know, as much as um, in order to, I talked to, I, I think, yeah, I think that, um, it is something that is quite difficult because ultimately to do a good application if you're applying to these things or ultimately to write a convincing cover letter if like um, you guys were doing it's um, you've got to really convince yourself like I'm the right person for this job I'm gonna get it I'm you know good at this I have the right skills I really want it so to sound convincing and to do a good job of an application or any sort of uh, search uh, you really need to convince yourself of those things. And then once you convince yourself of those things, you then have to do it all over again for a new application or for a new job or for a new cover letter or whatever. And I think that then having been rejected from a lot of those opportunities, because ultimately it's a competitive market and you've got to sort of go for so many applications can make it quite sort of exhausting and it makes it sort of, it can slow you down. Um, but I think that it's um, it's really a case of just like, You've got to brush that off and you've got to see that like this is the process and um it's not it's nothing personal it's nothing against you it's just a process yeah. and uh you sort of just need to wait and keep trying until you find the right one and when you do it'll it'll work out yeah so so not taking it personally did did you get any help along the way from either from other students or i mean i know we chatted several times as well through that that period yeah, I am. Um, I think the. I mean, the main help to me, I have to say, was uh, Charlie is my um, 
is my sort of coordinator uh, for my placement uh, was really helpful particularly when I was just feeling like this isn't going anywhere I'm not uh, you know I don't have the right experience I'm not sort of uh, ready for this and I think that was something that was quite difficult was feeling like well I don't have the experience to sort of sell myself to these things but I think seeing you know learning how to sort of spin what you do have as um, sort of relevant to a lot of different positions uh, was quite useful and something that got better with. And I think that's something you helped me sort of understand, Charlie, when we did sort of meet. So I definitely encourage people to like use the help of the careers and placements team because, you know, it's really helpful. Even if it is just a case of some encouragement and some reassurance that you're doing the right thing and you just need to keep trying. Okay, thank you. Thanks you for that endorsement, Ella. Olivia, what about you? So you must have sent off lots of emails, lots of schools. Did they all get back to you? How did you feel if they didn't? And how did you kind of cope with that resilience? Yeah, so I contacted a lot of schools and there was a lot that just didn't respond. Um, There's quite a lot saying that they didn't have anything on offer, which was quite disheartening because you put in the work doing the cover letters and CVs and then you feel like it's not even been looked at. But um, I did have one other application on the go at the same time, which I hadn't gone out and found. And this was one that was posted um, by the university. So I had that, which I didn't even think I was going to get an interview for, um, which ended up, it was a three-stage interview process and I ended up getting to the final stage. So that kind of lifted my mood a lot because I'd never been in a formal interview before or anything. So I didn't feel prepared for that, but getting that far and it kind of lifted my spirits. Um, and then it was very shortly after that, that I got the contact from the school that I'm in now. Um, there was a couple that responded with interest and I went to a couple of schools to have a look around. Um, but this one definitely fit me the best but my role didn't exist before I came it was kind of just curated for me and um, so even if you go in to look for a placement even if it doesn't exist a lot of the times that um, organizations have the place to kind of make a new role for students so don't rule it out if it's never been done before mm. it's something I'd say to yeah really good advice there what about you, Jack? How did you cope with the resilience? You must have been having lots of conversations that didn't go anywhere and well, you had to keep pushing, pushing to kind of move it along. Yeah, I mean, I got quite lucky in terms of my placement. I got it quite early on. But I mean, the, the I know this is predominantly a placement talk, but in terms of uh, rejection resilience, I think I got that most from when I was looking for my grad jobs. And I think this is still comparable and would be helpful for the placement students is that um, there is so many opportunities out there and just because you've been rejected by one or two one week or three or four the next there is there is usually no shortage um i think it's all about where you look and completely agree with olivia about making those opportunities as well so just because someone says it doesn't exist it didn't exist in the first place so i mean it's not like you've really lost anything there um i think it's just very important to be as have that positive mental attitude when you're going approaching these people selling yourself as best as possible and if you do get rejected, honestly, it's, it's tough. And um, I think in the last six months when I was getting rejected from graduate, it is really tough on your mental health. It's, but it's very important to be resilient and focus on making sure that you are pushing yourself and presenting yourself as best as possible to any future job applications, because that resilience is actually going to develop you as a future professional, because even when you do land the job, it's not going to be clean sailing. So I think it's important for your development as uh, an individual um, more than anything else. Okay, so kind of the theme I'm picking up from you all there is that 
it is really important to be organized but it's also important to be resilient as much as you can and and uh, from what you were saying Alan to talk if you are if you do get a knockback to talk to someone about it and find out you know explore what could I've perhaps done slightly differently or you know how do I manage this going forward and and to you know be kind to yourself as well if you do get rejected by the sounds of it Jack you know you're right there'll be there are other opportunities out there okay so was there any kind of um specific things that you did that helped you along the way I know Olivia you talked at the start about spreadsheet yeah so that's kind of where I started um I kind of just got all this information together into one spreadsheet so I could see it all clearly um Mm. and then I just put it in alphabetical order started from the top and just slowly went through um and then I'd mark if the school had responded I'd mark how they responded so I could kind of keep um up to date with it all um because there was a lot of emails going back and forth from different places so it was important that I kept organized so I kind of knew what I had left to come and what had already been decided so um I think being organized is definitely important Mm -hmm. did it help you feel more in control of the situation by doing that yeah definitely I kind of felt like I knew what was going on more um as more of them started getting x's next to them it started getting a bit more worried but um it definitely helped a lot. I think it was definitely quite a key thing to that helped me to know kind of what was happening, what else I needed to push. Um, it meant that I could, with some schools that hadn't said no, I could be more persistent, keep pushing, and see if it was going to go anywhere. And and for all of you, how long did the process take from start to finish, roughly, from making your first application to getting that placement offer? Mine was quite long. Um, I didn't get the placement at this school I think it was April or even it could have even been May so it was okay. a long process mm-hmm. um, and then also got a bit worrying when I was nearly at the end of it because then Covid happened and obviously that took a big hit on schools at the end of last year and I thought they've got so much going on uh, especially because I couldn't just go into this one role they had to kind of create it all so it was a lot of work for the school as well so I was very worried that it was going to fall through but it didn't. Um, they were quite keen to make sure I got some things, which I was really appreciative of because I felt like it was that was more them than me. Mm. Um, so I was really lucky with, in that sense. But no, it was a long process for me anyway. What about you, Ella? How long did the process take from start to finish? Um, I would say I sort of meaningly started applying sort of middle of October um, mm. and I was sort of applying then sort of maybe to a couple of like a couple of applications a week until around January um, and at that point it became that at that point we sort of switched over to like I was getting responses and I was doing more uh, like second level interviews and actual interviews and things like that um, but I was still applying like doing new applications right up until I got my um, actually got the confirmation of the one that I got in the end which was um, I think the middle of March, so it would have been, you know, a good few months really of uh, sort of regularly applying. Um, and I did sort of keep going with it right up until I got uh, the one that I got. Excellent. So again, if quite a few months involved there. Um, Jack, what about you? How long did the process take? Start uh, to finish? Two or three months, I'd say. Uh, okay. From emailing back and forth to finally getting an interview nailed down to finally being told that the uh, that I had the job. So, um, yeah, a long period, quite 
quite tedious. Not tedious isn't the right word. It's uh, it's it's a bit of a stress sometimes um, when you are emailing back and forth, especially when there is an opportunity. Whether you're going through to the next recruitment stage, um, because it means you have to develop new sort of um, uh, you have to think about your interview style, or if they have any questions or any um, of the tests you have to do. So that's that's always a bit stressful, but it's it's better than not actually having the opportunity in the first place. So again, it's kind of a that fight or flight opportunity to really start nailing down and make sure you're as competent as possible for that role. But yeah, two, two to three months of um, a little bit of stress, but all exciting. Excellent. Okay. Right. I'd like to finish now um, with just speaking to you all individually about um, two things. One, which what's the best thing that you've, you've, you've taken from doing the, the, the placement, that whole placement experience? And two, what's the best bit of advice you could give to students who are going to be in your shoes um, this autumn? They're going to be applying for placements. So, Ella, what about you? What's the best thing and what's your one piece of advice? Um, I would say the best thing is um, doing those applications is a great experience in and of itself. So, you know, you're going to get some really great work experience from your placement, but um from doing applications, you're going to get some great experience on how to fill out an application. And then, you know, some of those are going to lead to interviews, you're going to get interview experience and so on. So even when you're not getting applicant, even when like you're getting rejected, like that was, that was good experience. And even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, you should sort of, you know, remember like, well, I've learned something from this, you know, I can improve on this. I've put some time into thinking about what my skills are. I've looked at myself from a different angle and, you know, you've gained something from that, even when you've been rejected. Um, and my best piece of advice um, would definitely be um, to not uh, to, to not sort of decide that you don't have the right degree or the right uh, skill set for something, and to just apply anyway. Because it just try your best. It, it might be that you don't, and they look at you and go, "Oh yeah, this isn't exactly what we're looking for," but that's okay because it's fine. Just just give it a go anyway because they might actually see it and think, "Oh, you know, maybe they don't have exactly what we asked for. Maybe you know their experience is a little bit um, more unusual." But just put yourself out there, try it anyway because they might think, "Oh, actually, yeah, I do really like uh, what they're sort of offering and what skills they have." So just give it a go. Great, thank you, Olivia. What about you? Your best thing about doing a placement and you want a bit of advice um so the best thing about doing my placement I think it has been one the experience that I've got but also it's really helped me to decide on what I want to do for my career um and as well as what Ella was saying about the actual application process you're just so much more prepared when you graduate for applying to proper roles it's almost like a practice run um especially if you've not done it before it just makes you seem so much more confident and prepared in doing applications and going to interviews and things um, and my best piece of advice would be make sure you show that you're passionate and really sell yourself don't think just because you're a student you haven't graduated you've not got experience that you aren't good enough for a role um, especially if you're going out to actually proactively find one yourself really show that you can, are capable of doing this role and that it's right for you um, because then that's going to make the organisation really want to give you that role and give you the opportunity to get that experience. Great, thanks Olivia. And what about you finally, Jack? I'd say my best bit of advice for my placement was that I was pretty much continuously thrown out of my comfort zone, which I think is a very important thing uh, for us as young people, especially at university. Um, 
which can be quite sheltered to the realities of the working world, especially with the industries that you might want to be going into. Um, so yeah, I, I, I found myself in lots of situations that I didn't think I would be in, but I'm grateful for them because um, you know, I still reflect on them today, working uh, for the skills that I've particularly developed in those environments. And I'd say my best bit of advice uh, for a placement student who's about to start looking for their jobs is you need to make sure that you're gonna do something that you're gonna be extremely passionate about, as I'm sure Olivia and Ella have both touched on. Um, you need to make sure that it's something that you can really sell your own passion for. Um, because eventually when you do get a placement, you're gonna grow so much faster, you're gonna be enjoying the work, and most importantly, you're gonna be very happy during that placement year, which is something that I think is really important to focus on, because it would be great if you got this placement and it was a very busy one and it was very stressful, it was, it was perhaps something that was slightly highbrow, maybe a bit above your understanding. If you can really enjoy it, it's gonna mean that you're coming back, gonna come back in that final year, not only developed as an individual, but with so much uh, you know, positive experience in that industry. Great. Fantastic. Thanks, Jack. That's an excellent one to finish on. Okay, thanks, Ella, Olivia and Jack for your time and um, I hope you enjoyed the listen. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed listening to Jack, Ella and Olivia discuss their placement search. Um, if you'd like more guidance on searching for placements, then I'm just going to spend a minute or two going over some of the key websites you can use. Now, if you're looking for placement opportunities in the UK, then either Rate My Placement or Target Jobs are two of the best websites to use. And these are used en masse by large um, placement student employers and graduate employers to advertise their opportunities. The websites are designed for students and very student friendly. And you can also have a look at things like reviews about the placements that you're applying for. You can also find placements on LinkedIn under the job section and on websites like indeed.co.uk, um, which is a mainstream jobs listing website in the UK, where a lot of employers will put opportunities on there as well throughout the year. I would highly recommend though, that you spend lots of time looking at Handshake, where you will find lots of different types of opportunities, both exclusive to the university and externally too. Now Handshake's the university's careers portal, where you will also find things like events and activities that we're putting on, it will help you with your placement search. If you're wanting to work internationally, then there are lots of uh, websites out there on the internet advertising opportunities, particularly across Europe. And there are a number of these websites on our um, university careers pages dedicated to international placement search. So I'd recommend you visit the careers pages and have a look on the international placements pages there for further guidance. Good luck with your placement search and I hope you found this session useful. Thanks for listening to the University of York Placements podcast. If you'd like more information on our year in industry or placement year options at the university, then please visit careers and placement pages of the university website or get in touch with your placements coordinator.